listen, 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 listen. Let's have a poetry reading. Poetry reading. Poet, poet. Poet, poet. Poet, poetry reading. Let's have a poetry Let's reading. Let's go have our own thing in an alley back over this way. So they went into an alley and there was no microphone. And the host said, listen, no listen. cameras, listen, no recording. Listen. This is listen. for us. Listen. And they read some poems. Listen. And it was over and it was done and it was beautiful. Listen. And and there was like there was like contests going on and money being awarded and whatnot. But somewhere behind the whole scenes there was a bunch of people coming together. family of people who had been together on the scene for Poetry Night rings through. On Monday, September 24th, we said... That's true. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome our first performer of the evening, Ryan, to the stage. Sometimes in the struggle against silence and immobility, you find yourself walled up between your recent past and your inevitable future, pinioned there, incapable of movement or speech, you can only try to fathom the nature of the prison imposed on your perceptions. The passage of time should be as simple as one foot in front of the other, but it seems to you incomprehensible that one moment could follow another. The time could progress, that the future might arrive at any moment. It is not so much that the world might change around you. You are used to this. It happens all the time, even when you are alone, and most of the time it hardly seems to affect you at all. More startling is the notion that you are somehow required to take some, part, some sort of action to propel yourself forward into the next moment, vaulting off of nothing except your own libido. This, to you, seems a physical impossibility, and you silently curse the universe for making such unreasonable demands. You wonder what your friends must think of your apparent distraction. Perhaps they think you are waiting for applause for something you said or did in a previous moment that you feel you deserve credit for. Or perhaps they think you are waiting for them to deliver your cue, the one that will spring you into action, bringing you back into the world of perpetual motion. Or maybe they assume your thoughts are with someone or something else, something distant and irrelevant. Really, though, you are feeling very irrelevant yourself, and out of the infinite tape loop of which everyone else appears to be a part. Somewhere, somehow, you must have fallen behind schedule, and you know in your heart that you will never catch up again. You know that time is not, in fact, a stream or a dimension or a relative perspective. That time is, in fact, more of a man, leading you around like a dog on a leash. Only just now the man has stopped, and you are left to pull against his unyielding grasp, 
gasping heavily while you choke yourself moronically with the collar you wear around your neck. Suddenly, you remember, it is time to leave. You exit stage left, drawing as little attention to yourself as possible, forgetting the understanding you have just reached, and hoping the people around you will not notice the brief, sudden, and inexplicable suspension in your motive. You go back about your business. Thank you. That is Ryan. Give him a hand. Please welcome Malcolm Kenyon to the stage. One poem tonight. Uh, this one's called American History. We have no name to spell in capitals. Our face is that of every man and woman. Common, plain as dirt, as plentiful. What we were was the real thing, stripped of its mythology. Whether we be savages or patriots, explorers or conquistadors, the roles contemporary academic fashions ebb and flow has shaped for us. We left our artifacts, our fulsome points, our dugout houses in Nebraska sod to speak for us. Our photographs attest to agony and celebration, the fatigue of war, despair of poverty captured in the lens of Lang. We bore the Dust Bowl on our backs, the Chehalis Massacre, rebellion. We mended broken axles and dug through mud and welded steel. We women made row on row of planes to smash the axis. We were the men who did so. We were the Japs who fought through Italy and brought back silver stars, our families trapped in Nevada prison camps. We were the Navajos that spoke Diné to confound codebreakers at Okinawa. We were the whores who made the cowboys bathe and tamed them. We were the pickers of wheat, cotton, apples, grapes, the unfavored races, as often being brown, yellow, black, wops, spicks, kikes, roundheads. We took our kicks, rebounded, rode night herd on the goodnight loving trail, stoked and drove coal-burning engines and river boats and cattle north to Kansas, boldly strode into saloons with axes, fought to vote, broke the law, and smuggled niggers north to Canada. Though we were flesh and blood and bone, as real as rock and death and water, we have no intrinsic meaning. Do not try to make a point of us. We are not your paradigm, nor argument, nor partisan, nor marching out to wage the holy wars of Jesus Christ, atoning for imagined sins of Eve and Jackson. We will not lift our hand against the race of all mankind that made us thus and makes us yet. We are the past that was. Take heed. Thank you.
Let us welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Renee to the stage? No white foods. No white foods, our prophet Sweet Medicine told us, long before the white man came, with lard to clog our arteries, sugar to make us diabetic, flour to pack on the pounds, milk to give us extra hormones and kidney stones, salt to give us high blood pressure. No white foods, our prophet said, knowing before he should that they would kill us. After the bullets stopped flying, after the howitzers stilled and the smoke blew away, after the screaming and the bleeding ended, after we were invited at gunpoint to live on reservations, concentration camps, before they were called that. Now we eat lard, sugar, salt, flour, drink milk, forgetting the words of wisdom handed down to us generation to generation, one after another, our oral traditions serving us well, but we choose to ignore the wisdom of those who went before. Choosing instead convenience, comfort over health, cheap over traditional gathering, yet some reservations, some gather and hunt still. I see roots drying in a tribal college windowsill. I see a traditional plant gathering class and hope renews in my heart for my people, for all my relations. That is Renee. Give her a hand. Please welcome Tom and an H in that Tom to the stage. Uh, invisibility. This is a sonnet. Griffin, the albino, realized man's refractive index makes him seen. So six years of research somehow devised a process for invisibility. Phasing into the plain ethereal does require a spell of ancient lore, invisible to those material. Still, one may find more than one bargained for. An ancient heirloom passed father to son, invisibility from death himself. The swath of cloth cut from death's shroud was one, which Harry used to increase his stealth. All fictional ways to be unseen. The pain is knowing what it really means. Thank you. That is Tom, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a hand. Please welcome Dr. Gary Wade to the stage. Good evening. This one is called Synchronicity. Over time, two clocks in the same room will gradually synchronize their beats, and then they will diverge. I do not know when the beat joined the music in my morning dream. They came together like sharp hammers of four men shingling the roof of the house next door. They came together like the first-time sharp heel beats of recruits 
marching on their nth formation to class in the morning. They came together like the redistilled war protest chants when the police line entered the square. They came together, the subtle ticking of many clocks hanging together on my walls. The told time of each was synchronous for nearly half an hour as all escapements rocked exactly as one. It was a clock lover's moment. Thank you. Gary Wade, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it going, and please welcome Dwayne to our stage. This is entitled, It's Still My Time, instigated by Robert Lashley's poem, No Country for an Old Thug in three pieces. One. I was born feral. My mother says she is surprised anyone survived me. As a kid, I was the kid who threw chairs at teachers, who had a substitute so angry he broke a ruler over my hand, and I laughed till he left the room. My words were barbed, they had rage. They tore serrated holes into each being who attempted to cage me. Elders demanded respect simply because they had put in the years. I offered them my spit. They learned quick, gave me a wide berth and time. Time to humanize me. Time for me to learn nice words. Time for me to wear the proper face. Two. I chuckle now listening to a new generation rage against paper villains. They yelp like puppies hungry for seconds. They protest in clothes I could never afford. The holes in their knees are not earned. They flex tattooed arms trying to intimidate. Who do these punks think they're kidding? And the white kids, they're the worst, stealing others' culture's right to rage. Three. Today, my words are nimbler, almost quiet. But they still carry a blade welded in a seasoned hand that can carve out your heart while you smile at what you think you hear. Pretty words that fall like glitter from this hand. But I have always been ambidextrous. And the hand you see is the one you should never watch. Thank you. That's Dwayne, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it going. Please welcome Andy to the stage. It's called Simmer Down. 
Your kiss to me is like surfing a tsunami, like the EMP of atomic energy release. My neurons scream as my pheromones stream, and you want to try and think this could just be a fling or some kind of casual thing? Shit, sister, in your dreams. I can't imagine a scheme more extreme than trying to deny you turn my sweat into steam with just a gleam in your eye, and I can try and lie and keep my feelings inside. I could glide on this vibe for a while, ride your tide for a while, and keep a smile or a straight face, but I ain't fake. And if I take what you offer, the jacket strapped on me would be straight like the shockwaves. You emanate straight to my core. I want more. I want more. I want more. But I believe if it's to be, then it will surely manifest. So per your behest for passion, I request you yield to my plea for reprieve. Lest we believe this fantasy has lapsed into reality and check ourselves straight into heartbreak fatality. Sister, I know what we got ain't normality. And though you're hotter than a habanero, it's your personality strokes my heart's chords, leaving me breathless and restless. And I confess, I crave your caress, but let's regress. That is Andy, ladies and gentlemen. Just a couple poets left. Would you please welcome Jocelyn to the stage? My sister, the mother, me, the nobody. My sister is a mother. Me, I could have been a mother, but decided not to be. Instead, I am just me. Some nights, I am a poet, weaving words like sweaters that keep you warm on nights you feel lonely and voiceless. Some nights I am a lover, getting skin stuck on the underside of my fingernails, hair caught between my teeth, interest caught between casual and something serious. Some nights I am an addict, refusing the permission of a blade, pleading to leave its trail across my thighs. I am a recoverer. Some nights I am no one, sitting blank and wordless on a bed of nothing. I am empty. My sister is a mother. She will always be a mother. I could have been a mother, but decided not to be. Instead, I am just me. Some nights, I don't know who that is. And this is called Lightning Queen. The closest thing I have to home is 75 recorded minutes of thunder and rainfall. Reminds me of when I lived in Arizona. In July, the yard would fill up with drops and turn our trailer into a moat-surrounded castle. These days, it rains too much, the cold kind that hurts your cheeks. In Alabama, it rained sugar water, sticky and hot. The sky boomed brightly, but Arizona was home to me. The summer before our house caught fire, I swear I saw the heavens in the light of the lightning behind colossal clouds sparkling. And so when I close my eyes, I think about the thunder, how the heavens shone even in the dark of night, and how I wish I was there, 11 and dancing. Thank you. That is Jocelyn. Yeah. Maybe we should make him vacuum while performing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome to our stage the final performer of the evening, Boris. Thanks. I like the idea of cleaning up while I read. That's kind of rad. 
All right, I have two. Um, first one, I'm going to start off kind of light. So I do this uh, wicked little puppet show. If you haven't seen it, it's on YouTube. The username is Blug the Puppet, all one word, B-L-U-G. And in episode 15, Blug and his friend, it's appropriately titled Death. Blug and his friend are making a TV show. He dies in the middle of it. Stuff happens. But this is the dialogue that the two characters are having with each other before he dies. <clears throat> so Blug yells, How dare you! You deserve to mildew behind the washing machine! She was mine, darn it! Monica belongs to me, Blug. She's only just mended from that disease you gave her with all your frocking around. Whatever foot I put myself on is nobody's business but my own. I'm not hurting anyone. You can cram a jagged toenail up your hole. Wow, foul. You deserve a foul. All my life I've done things the hard way. No one wants to walk away with a crusty thing like me on their heels. I'm worth an athlete's foot. But she was mine, darn it. I pulled her out of the ringer and gave her an insole. I made her a star. I was the one who showed her how to be somebody. Me and no one else. You showed her how to be a used <coughs> rag. You never respected her like I did. Frey you in all the vast expanse of the sock drawer. No one like Ack. And then he dies. But he comes back to life. He comes, they comes back to life and gets right back to work. No one like Monica has ever looked twice at a stinky sneaker like me. Just because I have better straps holding me together, others think I don't feel it when someone wears a hole in me. Well, let me tell you, I do. I do feel it. You're not fooling me, Blug. No one trusts you, and for good reason. Funky fungus eaters like you should learn when to keep their mouths shut. I know where the fabric softener is kept. You wouldn't. Don't think for a minute that I wouldn't. You don't know what Monica means to me. I intend to do whatever it takes to keep her. And then the episode ends. <clears throat> it's sock puppets. So this is called Torch-Bearing Angels. There is a fire burning on the hill tonight. Torchlight reflected on the beach below. Be patient, veteran soldier. Now is not the time for conflict. You wear your badges of office, your blue uniform, your battle-ready countenance out in the open salt air so that, like the fresh scab it is, it may heal the quicker, but they are not alike. They are both wound and weapon. Your lapels spread out in blue waves across the nation, an ocean of hard work and meager recompense, just enough to build a family and maybe hold up your ceilings. With broom and flashlight and nightstick and hand truck and hammer and voltmeter and spatula, you have seized the arms of your brothers and bartered for a better tomorrow. Go, you small, unimportant legends. You who are, as all heroes of old have always been, anonymous and insignificant. A name if there must be, but always the fiery task at hand and what needs be done. You have burned yourselves as torches to light my way. I whom you have never known and probably wouldn't like. I who am just as heroic and unimportant as you or anybody else on God's great wide earth to which I shall return my extinguished flame when he calls me home to his greatness in his time and in his glory. Until then I burn as do you one pointedly in a sea of stars. I 
who am nobody, carry the spark through the midnight lands. My hands will blacken and burn, and I am honored to be the light bearer for my clan. It is not I who carries it, neither my friends and family and all who came before. It is the flame which carries me and all my kin, and I am as nothing before its illumination. I burn for it, as do you. We have burned and been burnt, have beaten and been beat, have broken and been dead, flat fucking broke. It's nothing new, and you wear your noons seared into your lined faces and your cracked hands, and we are on fire. But be patient. Still, this is the crucial clench, the terrible pulling to autopiezel electricity, and we have to be Still, and this is not the time for conflict or passage or running away or the crossing of any lines. Soldier, veteran, patient be, and we for you shall light the way to the eternal kingdom of heaven. Thank you. That is Boris, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, that is our show. Let's have a hand for all the poets who perform for you this evening. Poetry is what we do. Let's focus on the moment. Let's bring this energy back up. Let's bring this energy back up. Let's bring this energy back up. I got you. You're welcome here.